0: Hello, and welcome to Friend Diagram. This is the podcast where two friends catch up and find common ground between their favorite media. I'm Remy. I'm Kat.
1: And today we will be discussing some of our favorite 2022 discoveries. Warning spoilers ahead. I feel like our banter got all used up in the first episode. This is our second episode that we're recording
0: today. Yeah, perhaps. Let's see. What's different from (laughs) 30 minutes ago? (laughs) Well, I was just telling you how I feel congested all the time when I'm home now. Mm. And my friend Gil, who I talked to in Central Park, (laughs) he's just my park friend. (laughs) Yeah. He says it's from all of the steam heating in our apartments. He lives like on the next block over. So Mm -hmm. we have really similar old ass apartment buildings with big radiators and stuff and he says it's the steam so i'm inclined to believe him gill knows everything i want to meet gill the next time i'm out oh that, that would, would be, be awesome you could be like gill is my friend gill this is my friend cat he'll love it he's always introducing me to new dogs does he feed the it- birds or does he just give dog treats to dogs he does both. His main deal is he gives dog treats to all the dogs in the neighborhood. So he does feed this one particular pigeon as well. That is like the most beautiful pigeon. And she she hangs out on our block. And sometimes, uh, this one day, I was walking home and it was like a little bit later than Gil's usual time window. Mm-hmm. Um, and I walked by his bench. He always sits in the same spot on the same bench mm-hmm. at the the entrance to the park that I use. Mm-hmm. And I walked past his bench after he was gone. And just that one pigeon was sitting on the bench there alone, <laughs> waiting for Gil. I was like, oh no, this is so sad. That's
1: everything I aspire to be. I just mm-hmm. want to like make friends with one pigeon.
0: Yeah. I love it.
1: I feel like Gil is kind of like your Bob because I like love chatting yeah. with Bob. Your neighbor, Bob. Mm-hmm. My neighbor, Bob. Yeah. Ugh, what a gem. I need agree. more people like that in the world that are just mm-hmm. like
0: lovely and kind and will talk to you. I love it. Yeah. I learned so much from Gil. Whenever someone's filming in the park, I'm like, Gil, who is that? And he'll be like, Oh, it's Law and Order. And I'm like, Oh, all right. <sighs> You should be an extra. That would be fun. That would be so fun. That would be very be fun. Really cool. He teaches me a lot of different things. Um, he teaches me about knee replacements. <laughs> Cause he's had one. He's had two. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, he teaches me about like how this neighborhood has changed over mm. uh, like the past sixty years. Cause he's lived here his whole life. Wow. Stuff like that, you know, cool stuff. Yeah, that is really cool. Girl. <laughs> Yeah, I love making friends with strangers along my route to work. Mm -hmm. I'm like slowly making friends with this one park um, attendant. Mm -hmm. I don't know what their title is technically, but he's like one of the minders for the park. Cool. And his, like, office is located along my walking route to work. Yeah. And I see him frequently. Yeah, like, we acknowledge each other because one time we were both first on the scene when somebody, like, ate shit <gasps> on one of those electric scooters. Uh, those are on the so scary. paved part of, <laughs> on, like, a paved path. Yeah. And he and I just, like, watched this woman, like, sit dazed on the pavement for a while. and <laughs> yeah, and so now he's like my friend I don't know his name yet, but I'll f- I'll figure it out <laughs> One day, <laughs> I'll update, report back. Update on the park friends
1: <laughs>
0: This is our update on Remy's park friends Remy's park friends
1: I love it Alright, ready to jump in?
0: Yeah, so today we're doing another top five We are just filled to the brim with top fives at the end of the year Because mm-hmm. we gotta, you know, summarize the year for everyone and this is um, our year-end top five for new discoveries in 2022. Mm-hmm. So this is not to be confused with new releases of things that we enjoyed in 2022. That will be like our big top five finale that we'll do at the very end of the year. Because mm-hmm. I still got to watch some more movies to make <laughs> sure I'm not missing anybody. And um, so this is discoveries of 2022, this is the category of things that could have been going on for years or are older or are ongoing, and we just recently discovered them, but the point is that they didn't come out this year, but they're new to us, so it's a new discovery, and, uh, you know, it's our top five things that already existed, but they're new to us this year, and we're really glad we found them. hmm yeah, and I kind of used this as an opportunity
1: to talk about some of my more niche like content that I can't do like a whole episode over. I couldn't find enough to talk about, you know. But yeah, things that I found this year that I'm excited to share with everybody and chat about.
0: I definitely have a couple things like that as well yeah. on my list. Yes, excellent. Let's see. So I believe I'm starting this one. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my fifth spot uh, for discoveries of 2022 is a show on HBO Max that is called How To with John Wilson. Um, This is a show that I discovered earlier this year. I think um, the second season was airing in, you know, January, February Mm of 2022, something like that. and that's when i discovered it and it is a show that is an unlike almost every other show it's really unique it's kind of a documentary style Mm -hmm. i suppose but basically this filmmaker john wilson he walks around new york city and films i don't even know how many hours of b-roll but just films everything he sees. Wow. Like people putting up scaffolding and people picking up garbage and people walking their dogs. And he will like film anything bizarre that he sees or anything mundane that he sees. Like I cannot imagine how much footage he has from walking around like Brooklyn and Manhattan and just recording things day to day. And so he takes all of this b-roll footage and constructs episodes that are centered on a central question so like one of an example is like how do you find a parking spot Mm. in new york city like there's a whole episode about that or there's another one that's all about scaffolding and some of them are are more universal like they could be about what's another example let me find one really quick How to Improve Your Memory. That one is, like, really universal. How to Make Small Talk. So some things are kind of more New York City-centric, and some things are much more universal. Hmm. And he, yeah, he basically narrates um, musings on this central thesis question over the top of the footage that he's showing you. And it is... I can't imagine the amount of time that goes into crafting this show. Not just because you'd have to sift through so much footage, but because he makes a really cohesive visual narrative that is uh, the perfect accompaniment to his voiceover. And he does it with a really unique brand of humor that is extremely enjoyable and it's very pleasing. Um, And I would also say... So it's, it's a great show. It's very funny. It's very human. And one of my very favorite elements, um, you could say my favorite character, though they're not a character, they're a real person. Um, I love his relationship with his landlord. Mm. Um, you meet her in the first season. She is this older woman who owns his building and therefore like owns his apartment and her apartment is upstairs in the same building and they have a, like a really sweet relationship where she cooks food for him and she comes down to his oh. apartment every night to watch jeopardy oh. and <laughs> <so> just, <laughs> she like does his laundry <laughs> for him and it is incredibly sweet Aww. and any episode that she shows up in is like my all-time favorite it is Fantastic and wonderful, and that. oh, oh my god, I love it! Please look out for his landlord; she's the greatest. That's yeah, so wholesome. Yeah, it's a great show, and it's the episodes are like really short, so it's really easy to breeze through. Mm.
1: My number five pick is um books and YouTube videos by uh, John Muir Laws. Um He is a uh, an artist. Who teaches people how to draw different plants and trees and birds, and so over the summer I started bird watching a lot more. It was a hobby that I picked up over um, COVID nineteen, over the pandemic, and uh, this summer I kind of wanted to rekindle that and get outside and do some bird watching out at the park and. When I was doing that I also started sketching birds and sketching birds is a very difficult task if you have no background in being an artist or anything like that so I quickly figured out that those looked like shit and I needed to watch somebody <laughs> do it for me um but basically he's written multiple books on nature journaling and Um, using drawing to improve your observations about nature. And I think that it's really changed the way that I think about the structure of of not only birds and animals, but plants as well. And I'm a scientist, so I just find that really interesting to kind of break things down and understand how bodies are put together. And uh, it's just so interesting. And I don't know, it's just like kind of changed the way that I think about animals and plants as a whole and how fascinating and beautiful they are in a whole new way and I'm not very good at drawing them yet but I just just being able to have that skill to kind of deconstruct something that you're looking at into its base parts and make it into a whole picture is just something really cool that I had never been able to do before and John Muir Laws taught me how to do that so um basically he just has this YouTube channel of workshops that he's done. So just like live recordings of him in workshops with groups of people who want to learn this type of thing. Um, Sometimes he'll just be like at his kitchen table with a camera pointed down at his uh, sketch pad. And if you're interested in anything like that at all, or you're a scientist and you're interested in Um, having more appreciation for the beauty of nature. I think that it's a really cool thing to check out. And also it's really calming. So you could put Mm -hmm. on videos of him drawing at night if you're having trouble falling asleep. Sometimes I do that. So um, it's just like a really nice thing that exists out on YouTube.
0: That sounds really lovely.
1: Yeah. And he's got a nice calm, like deep voice as well, which I really Mm -hmm. like. So
0: Yeah, that's actually a perfect tie in to my number four thing, which is also a YouTube channel. That is also very soothing. And it is called, I don't want to get it wrong because I always call it the wrong thing. It's called the Country Life Vlog. Mm. And this is a channel that is basically just this one family that lives in Azerbaijan and they live out in the country. And there is a person that is... Taking footage of, I think, I think it's a person that's filming their parents mm. doing just stuff at their like cottage, and mm. almost all of it centers around some type of food preparation. Mm. That is often like in a mass quantity, so as to be stored for winter, or like shared with the village, or some something like that, like wow. pickling things or making jam mm. or making like these big elaborate dishes. But all of the preparation is taking place outside, and all of the um, footage of like watching the people make the food and make the tea, it is intercut with footage of different animals on the farm just having fun and interacting Uh, a lot of it is like puppies playing together or like puppies and cats or like dogs and cats or uh, horses and cows um whoever's like making these videos just really knows how to cut together a very soothing montage of footage (laughs) and it's so good there's Almost never any talking. You're just watching the process Mm. of this food preparation, which I love. I love watching a process. I want to watch these people pick 30 pounds of strawberries and then turn them into jam and watch the dogs play around at their feet while they do it. Oh, God, it's so good. Mm. It's so pleasing. You can hear, like, the birds chirping outside and... it's just wonderful like a lot of it is over like cooking is done over an open flame Mm -hmm. and like basically at the end of each video they all sit down and they have a tea that the dad has prepared and then they have the food that's been prepared and they just have like a nice lovely quiet little meal at the Uh end of each video and it is it's wonderful i i want to live (laughs) <laughs> on their farm. So bad. It looks amazing. Wow. And beautiful and the food looks incredible. The the fruits and the flowers, it all ugh, it looks just magnificent. It's like it's like they live in the Shire from Oh my gosh. Lord of the Rings wow. and Slash The Hobbit. It looks just picturesque and so wonderful and I just want to be in a place like that one day. I can't recommend it enough. That sounds so good. Yeah, that's Country Life Vlog on YouTube. And
1: I'll put the, like, text for all of these things that we're recommending, especially the more niche ones, down in mm-hmm. the show notes as well. So look there if you um, missed, missed the names. And go check out people on YouTube. YouTube content creators. Mm-hmm. Um my number 4 pick is Ladies and Tangents which is a podcast that I discovered this year and it is a really lovely podcast I've definitely mentioned it here and there on our podcast but it just features um two cousins Sierra and Jerry who chat about different topics so they're not tied down to one specific Topic. They have some themed topics kind of like we would do. But then um, sometimes it's just like what they want to talk about that week. And I think that that is just a, a really lovely format. It's very conversational. It makes you feel like you're just hanging out with the gals. And um, some of their topic episodes are sharing your scandals where their listeners write in about scandalous hometowns. Oh. <laughs> things, uh, which are always good for a laugh. Oh my that god, those get me in really tears good. sometimes. <laughs> so if you're looking for a place to start, I highly recommend those. They occasionally have episodes where they share their listeners' ghost stories, which was very synergistic when they did their like sleepover episode with two girls one ghost Mm -hmm. which this podcast is actually how i discovered two girls one ghost because they did like this collaboration which was great Mm -hmm. they also have um their listeners write in about horror stories so it can either be like promiscuous stories or like really bad tinder dates and stuff like that so those are always really interesting to listen to and i love that they're so positive about it they're like women should be having sex sex for women is normal like we should not be stigmatizing this so they're like trying to like destigmatize um people talking about sex and people telling their sex stories which i think is a really lovely and progressive thing but yeah, so it definitely gives me a good laugh and they're, they talk about more serious topics sometimes too. And they're also very open about their journeys with therapy, which I think is really important because especially Jerry has been very vocal about trying multiple therapists and finding ones that haven't fit for her and finding ones that do. And I think that that's really great. She just started, um, the, oh gosh. EMDR, I want to say it's called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So they, um, talk about their experience with like previous traumas and SA and like bad partners. And this is one newer form of therapy that basically your eyes follow the finger of the therapist and therapists do it different ways, but in doing so, you're like also kind of reprocessing and thinking about um, different events that have happened in your life, and the eye movement is supposed to kind of mimic REM sleep and kind mm-hmm. of help you reprocess things and reconsolidate things. And her experience with it has been really interesting, and I enjoy hearing her talk about it. And I think that it's really valuable for people to hear others talking about therapy and knowing that that's a normal thing to do and a normal thing to seek. And if anyone is listening to our podcast and is thinking about therapy, I just think that it's endlessly valuable. So yeah. I really recommend seeking that out and talking to your PCP. If you're thinking about it, they can give you yeah. a list of resources.
0: So Kat and I have both been to therapy.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And... I love my therapist. She's so great.
0: I like your therapist, too. <laughs> that's cool. I had no idea they touched on so many different topics. Yeah. That's it's lovely. really great. That all sounded, like, really interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're so good and funny and they're both moms, so that's just a, a really interesting topic to hear them discuss and, like, mm-hmm. their experiences being moms and things yeah. like
0: that. I know. While you're talking, I'm like thinking, like, how do we talk about sex more on our pod? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how. We'll have to work it in somehow. We should. Once I read
1: those Emily Henry books, I feel like a uh, romance-themed episode would be fun.
0: Yeah, we could do a romance head to head or something. Yeah, that would be fun.
1: That'd be fun. I don't read a lot of romance, but I'm excited. I think it's a really good palate cleanser for me because I read a lot of, like, dark media. Yeah,
0: I totally so it's agree. it's really nice
1: to, like, go to something that's not going to make me feel mm-hmm. absolute dread.
0: Yeah. I'm also very new to it as well. Um, I only started getting involved in that when the Libby app came out, actually. Mm, because yes. it makes it so much easier to, like, just try, try things. things. Yeah. Just try things. I love it.
1: <laughs> Try things sexually. Try things with books.
0: <laughs> yes. All of those things. So, yeah. We can definitely talk about that. That'd awesome. be fun. Yeah. Very cool. Ladies and tangents. Ladies and tangents. Okay. Man, we are really in sync. My number three is a pod as well. This is a pod I have talked about on our pod before. Mm-hmm. It's three bean salad. Yes. <laughs> I spoke about this in episode 23 of Our pod. if you're interested in hearing like a full-length discussion about it, but in short summary, this is a comedy podcast between three friends, uh, Benjamin Partridge, Mike Wozniak, and Henry Packer. And these are all entertainment comedy-adjacent guys living in the UK, and they meet up weekly to talk about a specific topic and just kind of riff mm-hmm. and do bits and they have really great listener mail interactions and they have absolutely the most stellar catalog of jingles I known to jingles. man <laughs> <laughs> they make my life i've become more and more obsessed with the jingles and i i just Every time they play the American jingle, I become hysterical. It is just <laughs> so good. <laughs>
1: yeah. So you turned me onto this podcast earlier mm. this year as well. But I knew that there was a high likelihood that you'd be bringing it up. So I didn't put it on my list. But. <laughs> I absolutely love it, and I've actually just started season 11 of Taskmaster, so I'm getting exposed to Mike Wozniak, and oh my listen, god. I'm catching all the feelings that everyone else has already caught, so. Oh my god.
0: I can't believe you're revealing this information to me live on the pod. I've been <laughs> waiting for you to get to season 11 for so long. Yes, I I'm here. It. It's so good. Oh my
1: god, he's, uh, we can't. It'll turn into a whole update episode, but he's just okay. so fantastic at Dude, straight everything. Out of the gate, he's I know amazing. it's like Mike's three tins. tasks
0: in a row that he gets mm-hmm. like five points on, and I'm like, "Yeah, sir, <laughs> you can't be incredible. This good. incredible." But yes, he's one of the hosts of Three Bean Salad, mm-hmm. and it's just a joy. Um, they take breaks between seasons, and I just caught up fully into their catalog so it's been going on since 2021 and i've now just caught up to like their episodes that are coming out now um so i'm sad i'm i don't have the back catalog anymore but i'm really pleased to that <laughs> that i've caught up with them i feel and like it
1: has re-listenability
0: though it does i have actually gone back <laughs> to the beginning again oh. already it really is re-listenable because it's just you like it's listening just to three friends yeah. chatting it's just really good chat. I love that. <laughs> and um, I have like a an updated list of episode wrecks So in the last episode, I recommended the topics uh, magic, romance, and islands. And to those, I'd like to add the episode on biscuits and <laughs> the a- episode on bears. Those are also I've winners. Heard They're all winners. They're oh so God. good. Oh, my God. It's all so good.
1: (sighs) Fantastic. I love that. It's great stuff. All right. I'm taking us in a new direction. Okay. Okay. So my number three is Love Island, UK. (laughs) Whoa. I've been
0: waiting for you to talk about this.
1: Yes. So this was my guilty pleasure of 2022. Scott absolutely hates this show, and he (laughs) will not watch it when it's on. But I basically watched, I started with season seven because actually the Ladies and Tangents posts were watching it at the time and talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't know. I'm intrigued. Like their conversations about this have got my interest piqued. So what is
0: it about exactly?
1: It is a dating show. It's mm-hmm. a reality TV show. These couples... Go, not couples. They're not couples yet. Singles go to an <laughs> island in Spain.
0: Oh, and okay.
1: I know it's nice. And it's like got the ocean nearby and nice pools and lounge chairs. It sounds like the summer of a lifetime, honestly. Uh-huh. With lots of drama, but it's all of these. There, there's multiple versions of Love Island. So there's US, Australia, I think also has a Love Island, but UK is the one I really enjoy because you also get a lot of, like, British culture in there, too, which is yeah. always fun to watch. Um, But basically, on day one, they get paired up into these couples and they can, like, recouple later. But basically, you have to share a bed with this person until... You recouple, and so sometimes couples decide like, oh, I'm not into this, and they'll like go sleep on the day bed away from the person or whatever, but no one else can sleep in that bed with them in the room. Um, And they all sleep in one big bedroom. It's very strange. That's a nightmare. It's a fun little show. Uh, They do like challenges here and there. Just sometimes?
0: Yeah, just like...
1: (laughs) Every episode usually has, like, one challenge, but they probably do, like, one challenge a week. And then most of it's just, like, them conversating and talking about whether or not they're in the right couple or whether or not they want to change couples. And then at the end, basically, there's – people get voted off as you go through. There are bombshells that come in and try to steal people away. So, like, a new guy or a new girl will come in and Mm -hmm. try to, like, break up couples and – are they voting amongst themselves? Uh sometimes, but usually it's audience members in the UK because okay. we get it days later in the US, but the UK population can vote on who they want to stay.
0: Interesting.
1: It's great. I don't know. It's it's not great. Like it's definitely toxic in some ways, but <laughs> It, it's not nearly as toxic as a lot of other dating shows, I feel like, and I'm not mm-hmm. really into those, but I've generally stopped watching it. Um I kind of just didn't, I wasn't interested in the last season that came out this summer, but yeah, it was definitely a comfort show for like the first half of the year, and yeah, I got a lot of giggles out of it, and I laughed, I cried, it's fine, it was good. They have some cute little dates that they go on, and-
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the one that Ian Sterling uh, does yes. voiceover for? Mm-hmm. I'm dying to know, like, what being <laughs> the voice of Love Island even means. Oh my like, God. what does he narrate? Okay. The voting? Uh, he narrates everything. So, what, what needs narration? I don't understand. Everything. It's so he- good. So they have, like, confessionals where people say, like, what they're Um, thinking, and then Ian also narrates for you? No, it's kind of, like, transitional narrations of, Mm -hmm. like, he'll kind
1: of make, like, witty remarks about something someone has just said, or, like, he'll introduce the morning, so good morning, it's Dave blah 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 on Love Island, and, um, but yeah, it's definitely not a show for everybody, but, uh, I just like having it on in the background, and mm-hmm. it definitely
0: kept me company. Yeah, that always makes me think of that part in that episode of Euphoria where Rue watches yes. like twenty three <laughs> consecutive hours of Love Island. Like well, that's that's my main yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like preconceived notion is that episode of Euphoria. <laughs> okay, then we can swing over to my number two spot, which. Also hails from the UK. It is the podcast films to be buried with. Uh Um, I've brought this up briefly on our pod before. It is a a long running podcast. It's been going for a number of years. It's hosted by Brett Goldstein, who is an actor and a writer and producer on Ted Lasso Uh among, you know, other projects as well. But he is a longtime film lover and a long time UK based comedian so he knows like fucking every comedian in the UK and they all go on this show it's like an interview based show where each episode he has a guest and he interviews them about their lives through the lens of film Mm -hmm. so he has a set number of like 10 to 12 questions about films that each guest answers, and that's how you get to know them, like, what is the first film you remember seeing, or what is the scariest film you've seen, or what is the sexiest film you've seen, or the objectively the best film, and they talk about, you know, their lives and films that mean a lot to them, or films that influence them and they related to, and, you know, the people around those films and they talk a lot about the afterlife. Like it's also very like death themed, mm. which is fun. Um, that's why it's called films to be buried mm-hmm. with. Um, and it's just, it's a joy. I mean, I, you know, I love talking about film. That's mm-hmm. half of the reason why we have this podcast. <laughs> and i love hearing other people talk about the films that they love and i just love everything that brett does essentially like he's a great host he seems like a wonderful person i really enjoy hearing his discussions with people and their worldviews and processing things in their lives with film Mm -hmm. and god they there's just an enormous a backlog of episodes that you can work through and there's tons of like great people that you'd recognize and you just get excellent insight into their lives and their interests and all of these wonderful things through the discussion of film and they do a really good job of you know, speaking about sensitive topics, but also it's, it's very funny. I mean, Brett's funny and he has on a, a ton of comedians and actors and it's just, it's a joy. So I highly, highly recommend films to be buried with.
1: Mm, i will have to check that out
0: yeah i love imagining my answers while i'm (laughs) listening to it i have like my answers set for like all of the questions Mm -hmm. that they ever go through it's Mm -hmm. great i'm ready i'm ready to be on the pod (laughs) whenever i'm needed whenever we're um
1: prestigious enough we'll have to (laughs) request an invite
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) my god i would fucking die it would be so cool yeah highly recommend the very first episode ever. The guest is James A. Castor. So oh if you want to start there, it's a good spot.
1: He's so chaotic.
0: <laughs> They're good pals.
1: Yes. Um, So we're on number two. I'm on number yes. two. Okay. Um, So my number two pick, this is kind of riding the line, but it's The Last of Us 1 and 2. So mm-hmm. my husband and I played through this last Christmas through like the beginning of January. Mm-hmm. So... It's like right around Christmas time of last year. But anyways, this is just a set of games that I'm so happy that we played through. We have such rich discussions about just the dynamics and the themes. And what a masterpiece. It's beautiful. I, I can't say enough about how beautiful this game is and it will continue to come up. Don't you worry. I can't stop talking about this game. Don't worry. Uh, It'll be definitely in another couple episodes, I'll be talking about it again. So (laughs) yeah, it's just so good. It's generally, if you haven't heard me talk about it before on the pod, it is kind of an apocalypse type game. It's set many years after an apocalyptic event happened where these uh, fungal spores were infecting individuals and turning them violent and into kind of fungus zombies. And the main character, Joel, is tasked with transporting Ellie, who is immune to the spores, to a facility where she can um, be researched to help develop a cure for this apocalyptic disease. Um, and that's the general premise. There's lots of beautiful cities represented. Um, they start off, I believe, in Pittsburgh. And then the, – <laughs> I want to say it's in Pittsburgh. I think we get this wrong every time. I think – so So the very, very beginning <clears throat> starts off in, like, Texas or something. Yeah. And then the quarantine zone that we start off in, um, like, after many, many years is, I believe, in Pittsburgh. And then um, they're working their way west. And so you see some cool Colorado scenes. You see some cool um, – I think Seattle
0: scenes.
1: Anyways, it's just really cool. And they're their like visual design people did a great job. It's yeah. like so believable as a world. And it's just gorgeous. So definitely some of the best video games that have ever been made.
0: Wonderful. Okay. It's time for my number one. I'm excited for your number one. <laughs> this is not going to surprise you whatsoever, Kat. Okay. surprising no one my number one discovery of 2022 was taskmaster uk for sure the best fucking discovery (laughs) of my life perhaps um obviously the show has been running for a long time it was made available on youtube for us viewers in the u.s uh during the pandemic uh, in 2020 but i it didn't work its way until into my algorithm until this year mm-hmm. and i'm so glad that it did because it has brought me <laughs> so much joy i'm so happy i started watching it it is it has done unparalleled things for my mood and it has yes. introduced me to so many great people whose content i can seek out now in this like ever expanding web of just like wonderful funny people that make me happy and make cool shows and pods and movies and it's been just wonderful and i love it it's um we've spoken about it in two dedicated episodes already so mm-hmm. if you'd like to hear us speak about taskmaster more in depth check out our existing episodes and uh, i'll tell you all about you know how it works in those but just suffice to say god i love this show (laughs) it's a uk game show essentially starring a different uk comedians and it is just perfect in every way and i love it and i am officially caught up now i oh wow got um i watched series 13 and series 14 that just wrapped up in like real time like Mm -hmm. i'm finally on real time with everyone else in the world um thanks to the generous people that upload them to youtube thank (laughs) you to you people i love love it yes you series 14 was awesome it was Mm -hmm. really good yeah what did you think of sarah Milliken? she was great she was very good um she was very good at the show my favorite person from series 14, though, was definitely Fern Brady. Oh I she love She was Fern. a fucking blast. I love her. Can't wait to watch her on the show. Uh, she was phenomenal. John Kearns was probably my second favorite, but mm. Fern Brady definitely like stole the show. She yeah. was awesome. Uh, I love that show. I love it so much. So my number one, this is going to seem like it comes a little out of
1: left field, but okay. um, I looked at my Spotify Wrapped um,
0: oh, this yes. year. Have I talked about I forgot about we this? haven't talked about this. Oh, no. we okay. okay. were away when it came out and oh, I wanted to talk about it I'm so fast. I'm so excited to talk about my Spotify Wrapped. <laughs> so
1: Spotify Wrapped informs me. That I listen to this genre of music that I didn't know existed called Mm -hmm. Goblin Core.
0: No way. (laughs) Kat, what does that mean? So it's like this aesthetic, like if you Google it, it's like this
1: aesthetic of appreciating nature. Even like the dirty, grubby, like mushroomy parts of nature, which I totally Mm do. I love that. And also, like, wanting little shiny things and trinkets, and I absolutely relate to that. Oh. In terms of music, I have listened... I think kind of what navigated my algorithm that way was listening to all of that... Um, The Amazing Devil music that I Mm -hmm. talked about in an earlier episode of the podcast. And then I just started like getting deeper into that, listening to more like Cave Town um, and stuff like that. But based on this, it like generated me a Goblin Core mix, which I can't Mm -hmm. stop listening to. I love it. And it has like a lot of Ricky Montgomery, who I love. He wrote the... Um, line without a hook song that got really popular this year on like tiktok and stuff okay so really good highly recommend that song um this december is really great i've been introduced to a new band that i love called fish in a birdcage or it is this one man band basically where he plays a lot of cello Um, and like sings and does these great vocals and incredible. He has like four or five albums out now. He just released one this year. I haven't even gotten to that. I've just been listening to the first one. Incredible. The artwork, incredible. On like the covers, I love it. And then I've absolutely been obsessed with this earworm called Boys Will Be Bugs. And I have Mm -hmm. just been singing it and thinking about it constantly in the past, like, two weeks or so. So that's some Goblin Core music if you want to go check those out. Amazing. Um, So one thing that I thought was really funny was I found this out. And then a couple days later, I was checking Twitter. And I saw Stephen King post about how he learned this new phrase, going goblin. Mm-hmm. And how he was going to start using it at every occasion, and mm-hmm. I thought it was just very funny. And I was like, "Me and Stephen King are on the same page. We're both embracing yeah. our goblin side." And Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, he tweeted that because goblin mode was like Webster's dictionary. Yes, like word of the year, yes. and everyone that was like over the age of fifty was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> but I <laughs> and I that. knew what it was because I. I um so I either follow or the algorithm on Twitter knows I enjoy seeing this one account called animals going goblin mode and it's mostly just cats being fucking feral. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I need to go look at that cuz that's yeah. great. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm just embracing my little goblin side. It also explains a lot about why I fucking love the labyrinth so much. Yeah,
0: really. Um Definitely relate to that. Uh, (sighs) Yeah, that's very fun. Little goblin. So those were our discoveries for the year.
1: Yeah, 2022 was a good year for watching and consuming new content. So much good stuff to enjoy. Yeah, and I think that this was a really nice way to talk about some things that we wouldn't necessarily do a whole episode on,
0: you know? Exactly, yeah. Just like little blips. Bye for now.